Ben, Let's try this again. We just watched Alien. We just watched Alien. We're here in the Pop Storian mobile. Oh. Since your car okay. already has a name. Yes. I don't. What is that name? Xavier. Xavier, thank you. Yeah. Uh, yes. I know the name of your car better than you do. <laughs> you do. What does that say? Um. Oh, what's the uh, our, our other car is named Hutch. Hutch? Hutch? Like Starsky like Star- Star- and Hutch. Hutch. Because uh, it's like an old, we we bought it after my wife's grandfather passed away uh, from her aunt, and it's so it's it's a, it's a Chevy Impala, so it's like an old man car. So we wanted an so old an old an old man name. So Hutch. So Hutch it was. Hutch it was. Interesting. I hope that's not ageist by saying all that. <laughs> um. So Ben. Let's talk about Alien. Let's talk about Alien. Now, this... Briefly, this is a mini-sode. This is a mini-sode. I'm sorry. Um, but I'm going to ask you this question. Okay. Why is this one of your most favorite films? For many reasons, Chris. I I do, in my favorites, gravitate towards movies that I like the visuals of. Okay. The aesthetics of. And, it uh, does have a distinctive aesthetic. Ridley Scott has a, a tremendous sense of visual storytelling this is a movie that you could watch with the sound off and it would still you would still understand what's going on the dialogue helps where it has to but it's a very strong piece of work visually and in terms of production design there's a tremendous uh, production design quality to it it is it's got uh, what's his name Geiger designing the alien yep H.R. Geiger Geiger he uh, uh, it's the perfect Marriage of uh, artist and subject, <laughs> <laughs> and then it's got uh, Mobius as one of the art- yeah, Mobius artists. I didn't know it. until watching it. Then uh, Ron Cobb, who's a great designer of sci-fi and fantasy art, uh, Dan O'Bannon, who wrote the screenplay, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of, uh, and also did some of the visual design. He's credited in the the rolling credits as a consultant, but he basically was attached to the movie for the whole process. I was surprised that there's not a lot of credits either. This is kind of a small crew. No. Well, they they didn't credit everybody in those days. That makes Um, more sense to me. All right. But yeah, it's a... I love the the cast. It has an outstanding cast. Um, It does a great job of... I'm also fascinated with the the marrying of high and low art. Mm-hmm. So it, it I love movies that take comic book ideas or pulp fiction ideas that are very like, oh that's a penny dreadful or oh that's just anything that people say oh that's just about right. yeah and like, then they it's... take it and they they do it to with such a degree of perfectionism that it becomes a higher form of art. So I'm very fascinated in that that whatever that point is between like fine arts and Da Vinci and Michelangelo and Mozart and uh, you know, Led Zeppelin and <laughs> so are you Banksy re- referring to the fact that the, the the set design is very industrial but yet there's scenes in the film where they're playing Mozart in the background is that kind of what some you're of that on? some of that um, but also just the the way it's this is a movie that, when they were writing it, the original title was Star Beast. So, um, it's basically Star Jaws. It took two popular movies and fused them. Right. Um, 
So it's basically the, the sort of movie when they were writing it, they, they were thinking, oh, we're going to sell this to Roger Corman. Oh. Like, we're going to sell it as a cheapie, and it'll just, you know, it'll get made, but we're going to write the best cheapie we possibly can. <laughs> so that that was the approach and the mentality towards this kind of material in 1979, which is hard to think about today because there's been so many big-budget monster yeah. movies. Yeah. But before that, the monster movies, you know, the biggest budget kind of monster movies that were out there were probably things like Jaws or things like uh, It or It Came From Outer Space yeah. or Them. Them. And th- some of those movies, the Giant Ants. I love that movie. It's a good movie. Um, I actually like 1950s sci-fi horror much more so than... Uh, the 79 Alien movie. <laughs> this Let it be known on record, this was not my favorite movie. Yeah, so I'm madly in love with this movie. <laughs> and uh, the, the cast, the director, the DP, everything about it. But you have watched it for the first time. This is, this is the first time I've watched it all the way through. I remember seeing clips as a kid, and it was scary then. And I confess also on, on the record that I looked down a lot while watching this movie tonight. <laughs> Um, so it was effective. It was in what it was trying to so, achieve. So talking with you, I can really appreciate elements of this film. Um, it is very suspenseful. I made a comment leaving the theater that this is the most I've ever hurt while sitting and watching a movie. That's because I was clenching my butt so hard. <laughs> it is very effective at uh, at at terrifying you. Um, and I think the big part of it is is that you don't see the alien most of the film. Mm-hmm. It's just that that tension is so high. And that's also one of the reasons why I didn't care for the film as much. And I was telling Ben uh, that it's kind of like really spicy food mm-hmm. that you just want relief sometimes. Just yeah. Like, yeah. And there's no relief in the film. Um, I think the closest you have is uh, oh, uh, Henry Dean Stanton. Mm-hmm. That is his name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Harry Dean right. Stanton. Um, is it Harry or Henry? <laughs> Harry. Harry. Harry Dean Stanton. Uh, and he, he's he's quite humorous in the earlier part of the film, uh-huh. and then he dies. Spoiler alert! Sorry. <laughs> and oh boy, the the film just kind of just constantly is just this constant state of terror. Yeah. And I did not like that feeling. Um, very That's, effective yeah. in what it was set out to do, but it's just not the flavor I really want. Yeah. You know. That's fair. To me, and I this is somewhat unfair because you made that analogy before we started recording. That's true. <laughs> but I've had time to think of a response. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I feel like because it moves at such a uh, glacial pace... It is very slow. It is very slow. Yeah. By, I think, any standard. Um, that, like, space gives you time to recover... From the moments of intensity, in my view, but it's definitely not the same as levity. I don't feel like it, it gives you enough time. Yeah, like it, there's nothing there to break it up. Like it, there's an attack, and then they go, they meet back at the at the main right. office and like the the dining room or whatever. But you still don't really feel safe. You still right. feel You're pretty still like, unsettled. Yeah, exactly. And, and they're still and then towards the end, they're argued the last three. Just the last three characters, they're arguing amongst themselves. Mm-hmm. Or last four characters, I guess. They start arguing amongst themselves. They're like, oh, okay, they're all going to go their separate ways, and they're all going to get picked off one by one. So there's there's no camaraderie. There's no... Uh, in an action movie, when you face off against the monster, 
you got like a hero that you can root for, mm-hmm. like the movie Predator. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's just like, okay, I survived. All my buddies are dead, but I survived. Uh-huh. I'm going to take the fight to him. Right. You never have that moment except in the last five minutes, yeah. and then it's almost like uh, a, a letdown because yeah. it's, a, it's a well, spoiler alert, it is a fake spoiler out. Spoiler alert. Uh, Sigourney Reaver rushes in and charging and then there's no alien you're like oh well I'm gonna get in the pod and escape uh-huh. and then everything blows up and you're like we're safe but we're not safe so again <laughs> so it's just a tension to stay so high uh-huh. so long you don't even you don't have levity you don't have you don't have a lot of a uh, hero release. there's yeah it's yeah. just that makes sense it just keeps building <laughs> I love that about it um <laughs> I, but I can definitely see your point and see why that wouldn't be to everybody's taste. I think um, I like the way that you don't have a clear hero at the beginning. It's very much like they're all freelancers and they're arguing about who's going to get the bonus. And they're just working for a company. They're just doing a job. And they don't necessarily like each other. They like each other enough to like Not kill get, each other. Yeah. get through the voyage. <laughs> um, truckers in space is the the phrase that they used when they were developing the film. Um, But I love the way that Sigourney Weaver's... I keep saying Sigourney. Sigourney? It is Sigourney. I love the way that Sigourney Weaver's character emerges as a hero. That she's not the hero. She didn't want to be the hero. Because that's the way that heroes kind of arise in real life. People don't, you know, rush into a burning building because they want to rush into a burning building and they're a hero and that's you know they do that because circumstances force them to that's true but i'm not sh- i'm not sure about her character as far as not wanting to be the hero because she volunteers to go into the, the duct and then captain dallas yeah. goes in you're right she she has her hands in really everything she she's the one who gives the order not to let them bring Kane on board. She's mm-hmm. like, "This is an order. I'm in charge." Well, that's that's like a turning point moment for her character. That's that's a key moment for her, where mm-hmm. she like starts to assert herself more. Because up to that point, she's the same as all the other characters. You know, just as little about her as you do as anybody else. That's true. And when she takes that stand, it's like a big moment that starts to push her forward. Mm-hmm. So that's where it, kind of like the inciting incident to use the the screenplay jargon (laughs) yeah it's a very interesting movie and uh whether it's to your cup of tea or not your cup of tea it's fine either way but uh it's hard to argue with it as like a piece of uh culture history definitely a piece of culture it's uh been parodied a number of times hilariously it has been. I was thinking of parodies on the way out of the theater. <laughs> um, just to kind of bring my levity up. <laughs> yeah, part uh, of the I think part of having that space invites that kind of humorous it's, look at it. I think it takes itself very seriously. Though. It does take itself very seriously, and that's why it invites so much parody. That definitely because uh, it does it. It references directly 2001: Space Odyssey, mm-hmm. Star Wars, which very successful. Yeah. Um, uh, Encounters with the Third Kind. You can kind of see maybe a little yep. glimpse of that yep. too. Uh, They're definitely trying to make a masterpiece with a capital M. Yeah. So that it doesn't have that tongue-in-cheek. There is no tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> maybe you can see it a little bit, maybe with the aliens peers at the cat, and you're just like, 
that's funny. <laughs> but uh, there's other than that, there's really not. Yeah. And it takes itself really seriously. We could may, definitely use that. Which may be one of the reasons why I just, it's so much tension, it just needed a little bit of relief. Have you seen uh, the film he made after this called Blade Runner? I have. And it's been a long time, and I don't remember which version I saw, which I know there's a few cuts out there. We should watch it together yes. so that we, I can, we can reevaluate it. We can make a sequel to this, uh, to this episode. Yeah, like a Ridley Scott marathon or something. Uh-huh. Um, and then we'll watch one of his movies that nobody likes or remembers from the 90s. Awesome. What one was that? I don't know, but he made a bunch. He did make a bunch. <laughs> he made a bunch um, of movies, and everybody's like, they're not good. And I haven't watched any of them. To, to answer your unasked question... Uh, I'm not a big fan of Blade Runner either, <laughs> and which is kind of funny because I really like Gladiator and like some of his uh, later works, really yeah. Scott's later works. Um, but and I like noir and I like sci-fi and mm-hmm. Harrison Ford and all these things that looked like it would yeah. make it great. And I wasn't well, the reason I asked is because that's a very serious movie too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, where's the action adventure in this? <laughs> there, there's basically no action adventure. There's some action, but. <laughs> it's very uh it's bleak it's yeah it's it's very bleak it's but it, it takes it i think it just like takes itself too seriously yeah i think that i think i like that point coming out yeah yeah i can see that for sure i i feel like movies like that have a place in my heart and i can still appreciate them but not everybody can or should and that's good thank you it's good it's good for yeah. for different opinions different takes so we kind of uh, mixed mixed reviews mixed reviews on alien what did you what do you think about you alien think? Yeah, let us know and you know tell us who's right <laughs> 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 who's got the better opinion on this um but let us know what you think of alien blade runner and uh, really scott in general thanks for listening to the popstorian podcast be sure to subscribe You can find us online at popstorian.com or on Facebook and Twitter. Tune in next time for more of the history of popular culture.